Welcome explorers. I am Marilee, host of Cosmic Brilliance, and I am so glad you're joining us today for our special guest who is returning, Elena Denon, who will share her experiences and amazing expertise on three interrelated topics that are all current and I hope you will find very exciting. These topics that we will be covering are the history of the Starseed Envoy program that began three decades ago, the return of the 24 seeder slash founder race that contributed to our human genetics along with the Council of Fives influence. And you will also learn more about the nine giant space arcs that are activating right now and contain within them amazing, amazing things that I'm going to let Elena explain that will have a huge positive impact on truth disclosure. I believe many of you are attracted to Lena's shows and Cosmic Brilliant shows because it is likely that you yourselves may be what we call star seed or envoys. And we will be having Elena define all the terms used so you won't have any confusion. Elena, as many of you know, is multilingual and oh my God, multi-talented. She is a professional archeologist, an epigraphist, an artist, best-selling multiple books that are extraordinary. One I'm gonna share with you shortly, a shaman, a druidess, and what really impacts us is the official emissary of the Galactic Federation of Worlds and is directly connected to Commander Thorhan of the Galactic Federation of Worlds, who's a fifth density commander. She's also amazing and accurately artistically drawing in especially her first book, but all her books, accurate multi-species. And by the way, she and I are modeling for you. Do, 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 do. <laughs> two of her hand design shirts that represent two of the topics that we will be covering today. I would love for you to support Elena because through her books and through her creative clothing and other treasures is one of the few ways that she can keep going the 20 hours a day that she does. So welcome back, Elena, and so happy you are here, and I know how busy you are. Thank you. Thank you so much. Thank you so much, Marilee. I'm, I'm always looking forward to do broadcasts with you because it's always not only extreme fun but also um you are always asking amazing questions and uh it's always very uh informative for everyone so uh looking forward to this one too let's Aww. go coming from you that is quite an honor because you're like the cosmic Aww. sage <laughs> and bard yeah, really you are <laughs> so everyone first of all what we are going to be discussing is towards the end of one of Elena's books called Resilience. And it, this is a teaser I'm doing for her uh, because it will give you some more 
details that have not been previously spoken about having to do with the Envoy and Starseed program. So please make sure and buy and check that out as well as her other books. So Elena, I'm gonna start by having you define terms. What exactly is an Envoy and a Starseed? Okay, so start there. Well, Starseed is the term uh, created on earth to explain uh, what it is really about, seed of a star or seed from the stars. It's very um, poetic and uh, metaphorical. It's beautiful uh, expression. The real term is envoy or volunteers. Volunteers is also a term we could qualify uh, them, us. Um, and envoy is the really the, the term by which uh, the the ETs are qualifying this program. So that's about the term. When did this program start, the Envoy program? When was it set into motion and by who? The Envoy program uh, happened, was, uh, was uh, generated in our timeline on Earth three decades ago, four decades ago, sorry, um, more or less. Um, but this was planned very much earlier in time. They planned that for the future because um, this goes back to the Orion Wars. So um, I may tell you the, quickly the, the story why the, the Envoy program, the Starseeds program, as we call it here, is linked to the Orion Wars. Well, let me tell you about what the Orion Wars were about. This happened uh, several hundreds of thousand years in the past regarding to our linear time. You need to keep in mind that even if you don't understand it, it it's okay because we have this three-dimensional mind which of this body we are incarnated into but the time notion of time in this galaxy is different regarding to where you are several hundreds of thousands of years in the past uh, it's regarding to how we would count it long time ago anyway in the, um, in the orion zone there is a nebula there M42 Nebula. And this nebula has a portal that is very special. This is a double vortex portal, means it's a time portal, but you can also use it to go to dimensions. Normally, you cannot go with other regular natural portals. You can even project yourself into the void, the void behind all dimensions. So this, uh, whoever um, runs it, whoever possesses the access of this portal to this portal um, is extremely powerful. That's what the Orion Wars were about, about getting this portal. Who wanted it? Well, first it was a um, neutral zone used by um, all the star systems of, of the Orion zone were very teeming with life, it's very, very inhabited. There's a lot of star systems there. 
uh, people were just, yeah, going along their lives, having their little, you know, maybe little wars, but not really. And in different star systems, Betelgeuse, Rigel, and Mintaka, greys started to grow and develop their civilizations. And the greys wanted the portal. They started to unite and became a more powerful, more powerful power. And the war clashed between the greys and the local populations for the portal. The local populations say, no, nobody has the, the you know, uniqueness of the access to this portal. That was what it was about, the Orion Wars. All of this started because what well, the, the spark, the spark was, there was a group of resistance uh, on a planet, a specific planet. This planet got blown up as an example with billions of lives just disintegrated like this. There was a group of resistance on a ship that who were uh, prisoners from this world. They were the only survivors and they were the head of the rebel group, the rebellion, the resistance of this small planet. Um, I can tell you that that was the spark because not only these, this small group managed to get out of imprisonment, they escaped, but they created the rebellion, the rebellion of the Orion systems. And this was known as the Black League or the Orion League, the Black, the Black League. Um, it was many star systems gathered together and they built resistance. The thing is that um, they were really struggling because, you know, they were not militaries. They were just civilians uniting to resist. So they were getting quite uh, hammering from the Nebu, who were growing and growing and growing. The Nebu, is, it's, it's a hive consciousness. So they, each planet had a hive consciousness and they, all the hive queens just merged together and they were growing in power and power and power. What happened, uh, what made the change is that on Al-Nilam, in the Al-Nilam system, in the Orion Belt, the central star, there was a world where existed a very old council of sages, the Council of Nine. And these were created by a race called the Almanuk, very ancient race. And uh, they were a gathering of nine different cultures, very evolved spiritually, represented by nine elders. And these people were... Um, like trying to maintain peace and balance. And uh, they were not all from the Orion zone. They were from other, other zones in the galaxy as well. But Al-Nilam was the center. These were not military power. But because they were in a higher density, they couldn't get, they couldn't be reached by the Nebu, the, the Orion greys. So they were safe. So they decided very quickly to help the, the rebellion not by weapons they didn't have, but by wisdom. And they trained the rebellion as um, a spiritual fight. Like, you know, you could assimilate that as a Jedi from Star Wars. 
um, for the little story Star Wars is um, inspired from the Orion world. So what happened is that despite this, uh, the rebellion got destroyed uh, because the Nebu were too, too, too strong. Um, at the same time was the birth of the Galactic Federation of World. Because of the Nebu power growing, the galaxy had to just do something and get prepared. So the Galactic Federation of Worlds started to be formed at that time to create a power to respond. But it was already young and couldn't yet, you know, get rid of the Nebu. Um, so the Council of Nine got reduced to five because uh, they, they also were touched. I don't know how, but they were just hammered by, by the Nebu as well, although they were in another density, but this happened. Um, one race uh, quitted and uh, others were destroyed. The rebellion got hammered. What happened to the Council of Nine, now five, which is the symbol I wear on my, my sweatshirt tonight? It's where Anax works. They switched from nine to five, not only because of the Orion Wars, but also because once the rebellion was destroyed and the Nebu took over the whole Orion zone and the Nebula, the, the, the Council of Steel Nine, kind of dying to five, these, these people try to, uh, they say, okay, we, we, we can't let that happen. They are going to take over the whole galaxy. We know the Galactic Federation is, is, is building, but we, 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 we have a duty to do something. To, to, we couldn't stop them in Orion. Let's stop them to, to spread out into the whole galaxy. How to do that without military uh, potential? and um, without interfering with the great law of non-intervention. That, 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 that the Galactic Federation uses it as a law, but it's, it's more than the Galactic Federation. This law of non-intervention, it's a law of ethics and it concerns everyone. Uh, so how to do that? Not touching the law of non-intervention and not um, using any military power, which would be ridiculous at that time. So that's when they definitely got from nine to five uh, members because uh, the, some, some members said, no, I'm off, we're off, it's too dangerous, it's, we're not doing that, we can't do that. I mean, that's craziness. So the five that uh, last, they said, well, we have an idea. Why wouldn't we try that? The Nebu are going to spread out throughout the whole galaxy. Let us send an army. Let us send a call for an army to the whole galaxy to gather, but not military, an army who would incarnate into the local populations of all the worlds threatened by the Nebu. And it would be a ground army among the locals that would be needed, to, that would need to awaken to who they truly are and fight back the Nebu from the inside. And that was the Envoy program. So, hmm. yeah. 
So that's the history of the Envoy program, how it was created. That is so great to have those details. Now, folks, uh, some of you know when she mentions Annex as being one of the members of the Council of Five, that is actually, if I may say, Elena's extraterrestrial genetic father, who is lucky yes. and benevolent. And so she has those genes coming in uh, to this planet as a envoy starseed herself, <laughs> correct? Yes. Yes, correct. Okay. So we do know um, that the Orion Wars lasted for a long time. Like you said, it was temporal, which folks means that it, 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 you know, evolves and bleeds out into other dimensions, timelines, all that kind of thing. Now the Nebu are the tall grays and the grays. Do you want to explain for people a little bit? What, yes, that means you said it's hive consciousness because they're kind of insectoid, correct? Yes, it's um, they're reptiloid, but they work on an insectoid mind uh, consciousness. Uh, it, it's a hive. Um, they, they are species of, of their own, the grays. So they have reptiloid genome that they have an insectoid like hive consciousness. Um, they they're not always reptiloid uh, nature, but most of them. Um, who are the Nebu? Nebu means in their language, their uh, official language, the masters or the dominions. The dominion. Um, they are uh, all tall greys. You have the Eban, the Grails, the um, other races. I don't have all the names now, just right now. The queen is an artificial intelligence, but which is organic. Um, it's an organic, uh, natural things to them, but she, she's like an, she's an AI, in fact, uh, not, not artificial because artificial intelligence means, means artificial, uh, created not by the source creator as life, but created uh, technologically. Okay, that's what artificial intelligence it's something a consciousness an intelligence created artificially by um, uh, technology not mm -hmm. original life but she, so, so she is an intelligence i'd say organic artificial mm -hmm. not artificial intelligence um she's um so she's like a spider they, they, they work a lot with spider symbols and technologies something spiders and cubes that's their thing in in the center of her web and everything goes back to her and is connected to her okay uh each planet of with a gray uh culture has its own hive planetary hive at the start but what happened in orion is that the the queen a queen of a, a planetary hive got merged with another queen from another planetary hive so it, the queen it, it creates a unique more powerful queen and two worlds were connected to her simultaneously then a third world then a fourth world to the same one and then they enslaved great small grays from zeta reticuli from cygnus from other places they connected them to this hive consciousness they can do that with grace okay now what they they do the nebu as well is they, they started to develop this plan on Earth. They also assimilate non-grays 
species, such as humans. How do they do that? Because humans cannot feed to hive consciousness. We are individuated consciousnesses. How do you do that? By modifying the genome of the, 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 the person, but it's going to have an impact on the consciousness by implanting great technology, and it's still little micro spiders, it's their technology, to transform the genetic body to create hybrids that will be able to be interfaced with the hive. So now the big, there's one queen, one hive consciousness, she, one hive queen, she's in the Orion Nebula next to the portal. And that is freaking dangerous because she has access to time and dimensions because she's got the portal. Wow. So that's the problem. <laughs> yeah. And this is also, is this how they also do the false matrix? that was taken down for around our sector of space? Yes, uh, yeah, uh, the, the, the false matrix, it's a construct. It's a holographic construct. You know, the whole universe is a holographic construct. Holographic doesn't mean illusion. It means a, a structure, uh, a base, a skeleton of the, the reality. And so you can construct uh, holograph holographic um, matrices or, you know, uh, like on, on the top of another one to create an illusion, holographic shields. That's how all the ships uh, of everybody's cloaked with a holographic um, shield that you cannot see through. You see just what they want you to see. And the matrix that was put around Earth, it, it was very, very, uh, very powerful because it's, it's, it's dismantled at the moment. Okay. How, what was that? It was an illusion maintained that it keeps us believing we are living in certain reality, but we're not. Okay, so it 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 was a holographic construct powered because you need to. It's a technology you need to power it. By uh, there was a machine on the moon and on Saturn. Both have been taken down and dismantled. This technology doesn't exist anymore. That were um, kind of was not broadcasting but it was maintaining it alive but on the top of this hologram was uh, imbued in it black goo black goo is something that exists naturally in the universe it's a sort of uh, organic intelligence which is non-corporal it's like a blob blob thing <laughs> you can find it a natural state in the universe um it's quite dangerous this black goo was embedded in this uh, holographic matrix. They, they managed to uh, embed black goo in it. What is black goo? Is it's, so it's an intelligence that you can bend and control. Okay. Uh, so they did that. The grays of uh, freaking te technology, uh, the super advanced. They, um, this black goo was trying to get as much people as possible plugged into it to be mentally controlled. And what was happening is that, well, this information now, what I'm, I'm starting to tell you about the Black Goo and which I am uh, going to continue. I didn't get it by Thoran. I didn't get it by the Federation or the Council of Five. I got it by the Nine. We'll talk about them later. Nothing to do with the Council of Five. The Nine, the plasmic supraconsciousnesses anyway. They showed me that last year. People got plugged into it. So people, they got people to be plugged into them. How? 
by sending baits. Uh, the spiritual movements on internet, you know, YouTube and groups have been infiltrated by um, people who were grooming spiritual humans to channel and plug into this group. And everyone was like intubated, like by the, 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 the last, the crown chakra, intubated to this black goo and just downloading lies and crap and the blagu would feed off their energy and their consciousness to enforce it so it was you would feed the blagu by your own life force and your own essence and you would become a zombie and completely dependent and really um you know uh, focus on it and emotional and if somebody would tell that you've had so they were taking all the you know, the mythologies and the religions to entice people at Jesus, um, Sananda, Saint Germain, Hashtar, all that was psyops, Pleiadians, Arcturians, anyone. And they would say nice things to get you really hooked. And once, if someone would come along and say, hey, you're getting, uh, you, you're manipulated, you, you, you're in danger, the person would become extremely aggressive, extremely aggressive. And that was a sign. So what happened? When in February 2021, the machine on the moon and on Saturn were switched off because taken by the Galactic Federation and the Earth Alliance or the moon, well, the, 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 the matrix and the black goo on Earth got switched off, game over. But, okay, not powered anymore, but still, by the people still plugged in it. If you still keep on feeding this goo, it's not going to go. But if you stop feeding it, it dies naturally. It just withers and decomposes and just dissolves. So now it's down to us, everyone, to be reasonable, have discernment, and do not attempt wild channelings. Stop that. Just cut the cord. Uh, otherwise, uh, we've been cut from we've been cut from the Nebu hive because the Nebu are here since the 19, um, 19, early nineteen fifties. They have made agreements with nineteen fifty five with the MJ twelve, Majestic twelve, and the military industrial complex, and uh, you know other um, uh, structures. They start this program or of assimilating uh, the Earth people by creating the hybridization program, creating a race of hybrids that could replace us in the in the near future. It's all planned, and now you have this now that have been uh, kicked out. The hybrids, they are saying uh, there, you know, there are plenty of hybrids that uh, are I don't know where they are still around uh, or maybe on Earth. I don't know where they are, and they are half Earthlings. And they say they have this implanted programming, like saying, Welcome us back, welcome us. We are your descendant from the future, or whatever BS they say. Uh -huh. Oh my god, we are back in 1955, lads. Uh -huh. Stop that. Do not consent, do not welcome them in again. Right. You know? So um and you've done some shows on that, folks. Uh, you can check out where she tells you the certain strategies they use because 
I love Alex Collier, who you all know mm -hmm. is an Andromedan emissary. And I love it when he said, Earth is boot camp for discernment. And uh, human mammals tend to be very innocent <laughs> and naive. And I just want to be clear, at that time with the Naboo, there was no Draco or Reptilian coming through yet. Around. No, no, no. Well, uh, I don't know exactly when the reptilians were thrown into our dimension, but uh, they weren't involved in the Orion Wars. Yeah. Uh, reptilians, well, the, what, not all reptilians. The, what we call the Draco reptilians, uh, we, uh, they call themselves the Sikar. Right. They, they are competitors to the Nebu. They are competitors and they, they are associated with them for certain uh, interests, such as Earth, but they're competitors. If one group could get rid of the other group, they'll be very happy. It sounds like our corporations. Yes, yes. But the good news, folks, just to be clear, is that uh, the Great Galactic Federation, the Earth Alliance, and many others together have liberated so much of this control. So let's get back to the secret weapons, which is us. Am I right at saying there are 200 million star seeds that were needed to volunteer, which is like about 2.5% of the Earth's population now? Is that correct? Yeah, at, at, at that moment on Earth, yes. Uh, knowing that there's not only Earth, there's other parts in the galaxy where this program was is also effective, where the Nebu are threatening populations. Uh, Earth is one of them, one of the main of them. Uh, they are, uh, I, I am aware of a second place in the galaxy, which is like Earth. Uh, it's a very concerning place. Um, and um, anyway, so the secret weapons, yes, they were meant to awaken. It's like, you know, the Nebu, they, they do their hybridization uh, program. They, they, they create their hybrids. Well, let us create our army and infiltrate our armies even more deeper into the population by incarnating into local babies. Okay, so I want you to back engineer this for me. And I want all of us to pretend like... Uh, or imagine would be a more accurate term that we are infinite immortal souls and we're out there and a call comes forth for a need for advanced beings and galactic humans of which we actually are to reincarnate a part of themselves down. So can, can you take us through that as much as you know about that? Yes, um, yes, this, um, I, I know <laughs> there's an, a very ancient being that is still alive today who was, had this idea in the Council of Five. Imagine I'm going to, to, to take you, okay, to an imaginary journey um, as if you are a volunteer. Uh, you received your own, your world, having a normal life. Uh, for everyone to be easy to imagine, let's take the Pleiades and your human being there, 
on one of the planets in the Pleiades. And you, your government receives the, the call and that resonates everywhere like holographic screens in every town and villages, a call sent by the Council of Five from Uruana, Orion. Council of Al-Milam was uh, also of Zagara, the name of uh, the, the planet in the Al-Milam system, Zagara, Council of Zagara. Um, this call is, do you want to help get rid of the threat of the Nebu? Volunteer into the program, the Envoy program. Follow the steps of the Council of Five. We're going to guide you. Just register, blah, blah, blah. So you decide you want to volunteer into this big initiative that concerns the whole galaxy, which is a living organism. And you feel the call that you are part of it and you want to do your bit of the job to, to help the family, the mother, because more advanced, not, not only more advanced, but enormously lots of people in this galaxy consider Nataru, the galaxy, like mother, the mother. The galaxies are mothers, like wombs. And I, I, it's a very beautiful idea. So you want to help mother to get rid of an infection. Uh, although all life is sacred, but the neighbor are playing infection to trigger the law of balance. You know, that's another story. Anyway, so you go to your... Uh, uh, wherever uh, you need to register and uh, you are tested, you are to be sure that you're fit for it mentally. And if when it is agreed, you are being prepared. Um, I heard, sorry to interrupt you for a second, but keep that train of thought. I heard uh, from two sources that in order, one of the requirements to come at this time in this tough of a game is that, I don't know how to say this, you had to prove a certain level of spiritual development, courage, and already success. Yes. Oh, and, yes, yes, so yes. It's, it's a strict selection. Yes. Strict selection. As you're continuing. Yes, yes. yes. Uh, to do that, you need... You need to be very strong, very resilient, uh, to have a very strong willpower. Uh, they train you uh, with a basics of military set of mind. Um, and uh, you need also to, re to register to um, a high, a certain level of consciousness, uh, you know, because you need to be tough spiritually as well. So is that like fifth, so, sixth, seventh, eighth, ninth? whatever density it depends on the cultures you know um for instance some cultures will come from higher density as well you know so it depends you just a level of maturity in a behavior mind also consciousness um uh yeah it's uh it it's very strict because it's not just a holiday so you pass the test, you are being prepared, um, and you be trained. Was there enough people volunteering? Was there a huge amount volunteering? And uh, so there was a lot of response. Yes, so yes a lot afford, of response. They could afford to be choosy, is my point. 
Yes, 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 yes. Okay. They can't afford to be because choosy. Because it's the yes. nature of advanced souls to want to serve. Yes, 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 okay. yes, yes. Okay. There was a propaganda as well. You know, the Council of Five uh, run propaganda as well. You know, uh, like to make everybody, con to concern everybody about most people as possible uh, about the, tr the threat of the Nebu, you know, and what they were doing to other worlds, enslaving everyone and about their program of taking over the galaxy. So, you know, there was this positive propaganda pro program as well. You could either uh, wait to finish your life, people uh, at the end of their lives, deciding to reincarnate in local avatar bodies on the worlds where it was needed. That was one, uh, the most natural um, uh, solution, uh, option. So that means when you die on the, the foreign world, you are going to reincarnate back into your home world, into a new baby, new life. That's a choice. But most of us chose to not do that because we are in the middle of our healthy lives and we decide to, to go in stasis and got our soul separated from our bodies and sent to incarnate into a baby uh, of a local planet where we want to help. That's most of, most of us. There are centers with uh, pods, so it's uh, or tubes or whatever the, the, your technology is. You, your body goes into a, a kind of hibernation. The, 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 the life functions are kept. Um, and because you are in a sort of a gel that keeps you alive, but the consciousness is not here anymore. It's gone. It's an empty vessel, an empty envelope, but still alive. Heart beating and blood flowing alive, but just no, nobody's here. Um, and uh, the, the soul, so you are in this, you go into this pod and you're put into sleep and your consciousness is separated from your body and you find yourself as a light being into a tunnel and you are guided by employees, personal, sorry, personal of the Council of Five who know where uh, you choose, you choose, but they know where they offer the, the options. So where are you fit? So they will guide you to the body you are meant to uh, embody and carry it into. But it's not random, okay? These bodies have been prepared. I give you an example of with Earth. All those who have a body uh, who receives uh, an envoy, an uh, alien say, envoy, uh, these bodies have been prepared. It's not like random, boom, no. These bloodlines have been prepared from generation and generation and generations by the personnel of the Council of Five throughout positive abductions where the genetics were enhanced and activated so that when the moment comes in time, the, the alien soul of a higher frequency, high density, and even different structure, molecular structure, comes in the body is ready to receive it because it will be attuned with it, okay? And even the soul that is coming in, you know, DNA has a frequency and the souls, they, they, they are impregnated with the frequency of the last DNA that you, you, you embodied. So this DNA is also injected in the, the receptacle. 
the, 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 the vessel, the body. So that's it, it's a match. If it wasn't a match, both suffer like you are like the body dies with cancer, suffering, the soul is like suicidal and suffering. It's not working. Because it's not a but, coherent frequency. No, it's dissonance. It's a dissonance. Yes. 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 And so, yes. of course, with many of these positive abductions, quote abductions, um, they will have you forget it until you're ready to slowly remember, right? Yes, when the moment is right and it's now. But there's also something. Uh, th so this program is run by the Council of Five and they have been training us in our dream state, taking our consciousness to ships to train them like uh, kind of schools. But you don't remember when the time comes that you are activated you remember the training you've been given as a kid. And uh, that's something that's happening as well. So they activate you. We as individuals don't have to worry about activating ourselves as long as we keep our frequencies as coherent as possible. Yes. You need to do your best to keep your frequency high, be in tune with your, your being inside as much as you can. And uh, I'm, I'm really repeating this meditation and this, but it needs to be repeated. And that's it. That's the job. Just do that. And activation, activation will come in the right time. Do that. That's all you have to do. It's very simple. I say it's the answer to everything. Go within. This is so fascinating. I've never read or heard anywhere else this level of detail. This is so wonderful. Please continue. No, seriously. Please. I have I have a good I have a good teacher. My um, genetic father Anax is in the Council of Five. He's one of the the counselors, so he um, he knows yes. a bit of the story about the story. <laughs> yes. Is it true that our oversoul or a higher self usually runs multiple fractals of itself? in different worlds if it's capable are are we only one soul that aligns i mean how do i say this one body one avatar one that aligns with our higher self our source a soul is unique it's an individuation you can you can fractal a soul but it's not good. It will uh, uh, impoverish the soul and uh, alter the consciousness and the awareness and the spiritual development. You can fractal uh, a soul uh, by technology. You can clone a body and fractal the soul of the person to animate another, um, you know, uh, uh, avatar of yourself. That is not natural and not right. Both will be conscious. Both will miss each other and be attracted to each other. Mm -hmm. And uh, there will be a kind of macro hive consciousness between the both because it's the same consciousness at the start. So there's no, there's no spiritual concept that, oh, yes, you're, you know, your higher self would be so bored with just this one part of you down here. So yeah. it's easy to operate 12 different no. avatars. There's no That's not natural. It's possible by technology, but it's not natural. Okay. 
as a shaman, as a shaman uh, I've been trained to do soul retrieval. Mm. And I tell you, uh, when when you go wherever to bring back the part of a soul of someone and you're bringing back into the body, the person, you, you nearly cry, so beautiful. The person feel, feels complete again. And I mean, bring all the memories of the both together. I know how to do that. That's so important. Well, yeah, you understand that it's it's wrong to fractal. So yeah. it's wrong. You can fractal your soul yourself throughout tra- trauma. Trauma. Mm-hmm. And fractal a part of yourself and leave it in the ether. Right. With the kind right. of that's trauma energy bubble that's here. Yes. Yeah. Yes. And you bring all the parts of yourself that are fractioned off by trauma back to the wholeness of yourself. Okay. So yeah. there's, no, there's no point, no matter how evolved you get, that you would divide your soul into other shards at all. No, unless you really have a purpose and a mission and you need to do that for a purpose, but, and you do that artificially, but naturally um, it's not happening in, in nature. I love because I've never heard that it was the council of five that helped everybody with this yeah, and, yeah. and that we choose our family. We choose. And most of the time they've been also um, kind of programmed or set up genetically. Uh, so it's really kind of this energetic engineering process to how much consciousness of our true self can we bring in and activate and bring our avatars, our human bodies up in coherence with it. Does that make sense? Yes. Yes. That's it. Perfect. Yeah. That's how it is. Yeah. Yeah. Amazing. Amazing. And so right now is the time for activation, correct? Yes. Yes. Interestingly, uh, I, I can't speak about my own experience. I was activated by my own genetic father, Anax, when uh, I met him in 2018 on board a ship when I was taken. And I uh, said that um, he was going to activate me. And I start my dark night of the soul as soon as I came back. You know? Yeah. Yeah. I love him so much. <laughs> Who doesn't love Anax? Know. You know, I mean, like I know. who doesn't love him, but oh. like love him. Well, that picture you have, uh, folks, she has a beautiful picture in, in one of her books where the hybrid children that we have been rescuing oh. um, that look differently, oh, yeah. that we cannot, you know, uh, bring back to earth after rescuing them by the millions. Mm. When they saw Annex. You know, because they looked a little bit like Annex, but they just went running to him to hug. This was a very emotional scene um, that I could witness because these kids, it was happening on the Excelsior, the the battleship of the the Federation. Um, I was with Thorhan in the gardens and we were chatting and there was these hybrid kids that had been rescued. They were there in the the gardens with... um, kind of uh, attendants like not nurses people people attend you know, attending them and who are playing among each other and um, they they are scared of humans because they never seen humans before being rescued they always were accustomed to to see grays around them and they have all looked like grays anyway and uh, Anax showed up <laughs> 
And there was like kind of silence. And all the kids stopped playing and looked at him because Anax looks like a gray. It's not a gray, it's an Agaroth, but it looks like a gray. And they found him familiar. But not only, yes. Anax radiates love. Anax is love. <laughs> That's who he is. And they came, they walked towards him, they surrounded him. And he kneeled in the grass, he opened his arms, and they started to come and touch him, his head, his shoulders, his torso, his back, and they started to cuddle him. And they went, because they were nourishing themselves with this love, and they were in total trust with him because he looked like them. So we're talking about the hybrids that mm -hmm. are programmed by the grays and partially the AI, even though we took the AI out and all of that. And then we're also talking about ourself as hybrids, right? Because yes. We're 24 genetic species, which we're going to the next subject of our Cedars founders. So we want to make sure that our, our uh, audience doesn't think, oh, all hybrids are bad and you might want to mention a few things about how you can differentiate someone a hybrid who is perhaps controlled that way by the grays and then a more organic you know like us because humans don't even realize they're hybrids themselves so anyway if you would clarify that sure so you and i and everyone who's listening everyone on planet earth we are hybrids um from extraterrestrial species okay human genome was seeded on on in this galaxy by the intergalactic confederation the seeders or founders first in the lyra zone and then it expanded a little bit everywhere and uh, they made sure that life was seeded afterwards in other places as on earth that was one then came different other Species who decide to build colonies on Earth and mingle genetically with the, the local primates. And, um, well, the Anunnaki, that was two. And you've got reptilians. Uh, you've got uh, the refugees from the Lyran systems. That was uh, three or four uh, different races. And genomes from other galaxies. And so in... in in total, it's 22 different genomes. None of them is local. Maybe the first original one, we can say, okay, it was local. Yeah, but um, maybe they did something with um, kind of, you know, already existing animal here. We, I, I don't know the details. Mm -hmm. um, so these people, we call them the Patal as well. Um, there's a race of them named Patal who gave the name to the 24 others, the 23 others. So that's why we all look different. Also on Earth, there's all these different races. I mean, um, take a Japanese person and a Congolese person and a Russian person. They look so different, like different planets. Right. In truth, no, it's very, no, now, not everyone on Earth has got the 22 genomes together. This is very rare, okay? There are some bloodlines who have been enhanced 
with the 22 genomes because now in this moment in time, they are meant to be activators because DNA is an activator that will bring us to the story of the arcs afterwards. Yes. That would be a good transition. Yes. So here we are. We look fine. We look great, good, whatever our lives are, whatever, you know. Then you have a different type of hybrids. This comes in a second uh, group. In the 1950s has started to be created a high, uh, human gray hybrid race. When the Nebu signed agreements with the Earth, the Earth buddies in 1955, in the agreements, it was agreed that we, Earth, we would let these greys take abduct people to do hybridization for science. They start creating this hybrid race to replace humans on Earth. These ones, well, you can recognize them. Um, most of the time, not all, but most of the time, um, I mean, many of them are controlled by, where well, have been controlled by the hive. Now they're a bit feeling lost and because the hive is disconnected. So how do you see that? The eyes. The eyes are the mirror of the soul. Who's in it? You can see it. Look at someone in the eyes. You can see, if it's gray, you can see something like a, a void or nothing. Um, because grays are hive consciousness, they're not individuated. So what you will see, it's something, it's the hive. Uh, it's and if it's unplugged from the hive, it's like nothing. Um, it's, it's a lost soul, a lost soul, somebody in huge suffering, but there's something dark and black in their eyes. You see, even if they have clear eyes, you can see something dark inside. Like if an, a dark entity would inhabit a body, the same sensation. And when they are activated, these hybrid grays, they switch, the eyes change, they become darker and they speak differently, like a bit of a robotic voice or they, they're not themselves anymore. People who are very much controlled by ego in their behavior, very ego-driven and they, they, they craving for, now they start to crave for belonging to something because they are disconnected from the hive craving for attention craving for attention that's a sign as well but the, the soul the eyes big wide eyes usually because gray hybrids have big eyes a, a thin face big eyes uh and uh it's quite um quite, do they speak yeah. monotones because I've met secret yes. elders that have been so me messed with yes. that they don't, they don't even know yes. what they're messed with. And they, yes. they yes. almost just have one do, 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 tone. Like they speak like this, like this, you know, monotone, like repeating the same. Yeah, they do that as well. Um, and um, yeah. Um, How many of those four. hybrids would you guesstimate are here at the same time? 
us organic <laughs> types are here. Like, do we have any idea? Gray hybrids. Oh, so it's like ones we should be aware of versus all the different hybrids that are here for maybe treaties or whatever else. Yeah. The greys, the Nebu have made hundreds of millions of them. Mm. I don't know where they are. A lot have been, a lot have been evacuated. They were keeping these armies underground mm-hmm. in pods mm. and growing them. That was part of the cleanup. The, the cleanup. There are things that, you know, these brave soldiers of the Earth Alliance, I mean, there's going to be a monument for them in the near future because this guy and these girls man what they've seen down there it's unfathomable it's like can't even imagine all the the genetic experiments and so all these hybrids the hybrids all those could be saved have been evacuated a lot of them a lot of them that's why they've been busy and still are uh, uh, so because yeah, they, they're not all on board ships, you know. That's it's a lot of people, and you know, um, and the ships anyway are oh, it's less safe anyway. They're gone now. The ships. So that was the evacuation of all the hybrids. Yes, mainly. And they and the soldiers in post-traumatic stress are getting treated on the med beds, folks. First, yes, everyone wants mainly to- on the moon. Yeah, on the moon, and everyone wants to know when the med beds are coming out. But that come, I know they're being distributed secretly, but that also has to come out after a certain point of certain events in consciousness, correct? The, the Earth Alliance and the White House are getting physically, yes. uh, uh, concretely read off the cabal. But as humans, we need to do our job. Stop consenting. Stop waiting. We've been groomed for millennia to wait for something to yes. be saved. Cosmic event, meteorite, a flash, solar flash, a Jesus come back, uh, aliens save us. Oh my God, stop that. Yeah, yeah. We save this ourselves. Time you move. Yeah, we, yeah. That's what maturity <laughs> is. Maturity is, to, yeah, yeah. Okay, well, thank you so much because you are answering questions I've always wanted to, to know more details about and are very, very, very important. So this brings us to the Cedars and Founders that have come back, what, every 12,000 years to check on us, their kids, so to say, so to speak. And um, so there, as, as most of our subscribers know, they are now in the galaxy. And uh, if there's no more you want to say about that, let's transition into their arcs and what's happening with the nine you know, buried ones on Earth, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Well, these cedar races, the intergalactic ones, well, there's a council of 24 uh, cultures who are involved in this, the proper cedars, in seeding, propagating life and preserving life in the, in, the, in the universe and in a group of galaxies. They are back because um, they want to be here for the next step for humanity because we are their children they made us um, and they are very proud of us that's now uh, some things I've heard 
They are very happy, very proud. They were concerned for a slight while that we wouldn't make it. Yeah. That we were going to fall for it. And but we did. And uh so there's there's um because I know you like humor. Uh, there's a little bit of um uh interaction between the Galactic Federation of Worlds and the Intergalactic Confederation. The back and forth is, uh, it's it's mainly, in fact, the Galactic Federation of this galaxy who's complaining, uh, saying, yeah, um, you create cultures, you groom them, you nourish them, and you make them ripe to be uh, invaded by others and we've got to do the job to protect them so <laughs> yeah. You know, yeah yeah be responsible like be responsible you know <laughs> that's a bit humor that goes on so like there's a bit of a sarcasm yeah uh, like the cedars are back yes well done lads yes where where are you <laughs> well exactly yeah we, we have been fighting in the dumps on this freaking planet and where where are you i think there's a huge assumption correct me if i'm wrong that people just assume beings in higher dimensions know everything and know everything that's going on and this you know this is not true um so when when alex said one of the things besides uh just a quick adding here that most of the subscribers know is that we all got on board when the Andromedan Council showed up and said, Houston, we have a problem. You know, there's uh, going to be tyranny 300 and some odd years in the future, and it's going to start on Earth, Moon, and Mars. So everyone's got to get on board and clean this up unless you want to end up being robots and taken over. So, so, um, but when I asked him privately, he said, well, so I said, did it start on Earth, Moon, and Mars? And he said, well, actually, it was leaking into the fifth density. Yeah. Okay. So my point is that gets their attention more. You know, those in the yeah. ever like, okay, this is going to contaminate everything because everything's interconnected. Right. But one. Oh, absolutely. Right. So, you know, higher worlds can see lower worlds. It kind of trumps it, but it doesn't necessarily never assume folks that they know what's going on. Uh, yes, at, at certain points, you need to intervene um, when um, actually there's this law of non-intervention, this set of laws. Uh, we're working very well until now, until the, the Nebu just got on the nerves of everyone. And uh, they have uh, modified a little bit this uh, this uh, prime directive, which I, I was given copy recently you know that was like oh my god so now you if you request assistance you can be helped and um and also there they 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 step back a little bit if the world the the world not to disturb is in way is under threat threat of an other civilization of world uh you are entitled to intervene so they changed it um especially if the humans didn't know Yes. Like having your representatives is one of the games they play, right? If the representatives agree, then fine. No, the humans didn't know. So, you know, they have. Yeah. 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 So the thing now is to make the humans know by telling them, now people know, oh, the the 1955 Eisenhower uh, agreements, what it 
not him, but his government. Now everybody knows about it. That was the job. Now, hey, wait a minute. I didn't sign for it. Right. Hey, I do not consent. The law of compliance. That's what I've been telling everyone. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Okay. Let's Uh, let's continue with the, the, um, all the arcs. Yeah. Okay. So the Cedars, or what are called the Cedars, the Intergalactic Confederation, this group of 24 has arrived throughout the portal behind Jupiter. And uh, they are here uh, now stationed in our star system um, in the orbit of Jupiter and Ganymede. A lot of people are on Ganymede. Few of them are in the Ashtar uh, Galactic uh, Station, you know, the upper atmosphere of Jupiter. Well, they are there in the Jovian system, and a few ships now, uh, four ships, four mother ships have arrived in the the outer orbit of Earth. They came a little bit closer, so things are happening. These people recognize a higher management, which is a universal uh, kind of spiritual management. It's They call it the nine, the nine um, supraconsciousnesses. I'm going to talk about it after if you want. Uh, or I can now uh, quickly uh, the nine they are in the void it's uh, they are as one but also fragmented in nine individuated consciousness but part of as one it's like a mini hive of nine consciousnesses they are not in two bodies and so they are um, plasmic it's like um, I've seen I I recent because I'm in contact with them I recently saw how they look like and they are it's plasmic kind of blobs with colors i I, i'll put a nice painting in my in my in my book about about that um and they are um behind the curtain i would say behind not part of any universe any dimension but can be everywhere at the same time they're not a council a council is a political structure or religious structure they're not. Um, they are plasmic consciousness. As well. they are not, they are not called as council only on Earth. But it's it's a it's a mistake. It's not a council um, because you know council. It's what is a council? It's different entities, different personalities talking together to take decisions. No, they are one. So, so this is not a council. Yeah. So um, then, so they are there. They are interacting directly with the cedars, working in a program of spreading life and multiplying life in this galaxy and taking care of it. I met these people, these uh, of the cedars on board ships. Um, I um, got to know better uh, a person named Una, who is an Altian. That's her culture, Altian, um, from Altia, and. Um, she is uh, very tall um, and white skin, long white hair, very like Japanese eyes, but blue. Yes. And she uh, she's my contact and we are we are linked. We are very linked. Um, we have something that links us. And she has been uh, the first to link me to the nine to open the portal the vortex to connect me to the nine and since then i can do it myself well i they do it without her i cannot contact them they they choose they like i'm not 
I don't know how to do that. They, they, they pick the right moment and they have their ways as well. So Una, Una, yes, she's an Altian there. I met only five races of them down the 24, but um, um, that's who she is. She's a, an emissary like me. <laughs> and Altians are, are even more ancient, aren't they? Aren't they one of the... They're, yeah, these people. Oh, yes, all these cultures are all Great. more ancient than us in this galaxy. Yes. The galaxy, we, we haven't discovered it yet by uh, Earth instruments. It's very far away. Mm. It's a beautiful connection. And um, you had mentioned portals before, going way back to Nebu. Now, that is the same uh, as a stargate. So if you would just mention the importance of stargates. And I even believe the war in Iraq was around was yes. partially about retrieving stargates and materials from the Museum of Baghdad and all kinds of other things. But um, yes. do you want to just say the importance of stargates and also the Galactic Federation, what they did in, and uh, I don't know if you say ownership of stargates, but figuring out the frequencies, because that's a big thing. That and DNA, DNA and stargates are, are big uh, importance out in the galaxy, don't you think? Oh, yes, I know what you mean. Um, there are different kinds of types of Stargate. Uh, DNA doesn't always come into uh, the, uh, to the picture, but Stargate is different from a wormhole. A wormhole is a shortcut through uh, space-time continuum. It's uh, You go through hyperspace and it's a linear travel, although it's a shortcut. Stargate is a teleportation object and that's what device. the Nebu wanted to locate the stargate going to us right yes yes that yes, was the yes. Big threat correct yes and they can go everywhere with that well they can go everywhere anyway but that uh, transports them to different dimensions and uh in in time as well it's a time portal because it's a double vortex um stargates are teleportation devices to um to, you can just go through a stargate and you chance it, you go through it and you have no idea where you're going to end up. The stargate will be uh, in resonance with another, naturally, another place somewhere uh, in the galaxy. That's natural stargates. One place in resonance with one other place. So you can go to this and jump to another and travel like this from galaxy to galaxy even. That's natural stargates. Now, you can uh, reconfigurate them. But that's the one that's behind Jupiter. That's a natural one. Big one. Ships can go through it. This one, you can, any stargate, you can reconfigurate them by changing the location, the, the destination location by frequency key. Frequency key, it's made with sound and uh, geometry, holographic technology. I I wouldn't know exactly what a frequency key is, but I know more or less that. It's a dialing number that you broadcast onto the Stargate by beam, and uh, it transforms the liquid. It's, it's a dark matter, uh, and the liquid is going to configure reconfigurate to the destination. That's natural Stargates. Now, do does DNA can activate stargates yes if they are artificial stargates 
created artificially with technology by a certain <clears throat> people with a certain DNA. So they will um, attune this target regarding to their DNA and anyone with the same DNA can use it. It's a safety protocol. So now on the arcs that have been uh, started to be unearthed on Earth, uh, they're all linked to, <clears throat> all together. Excuse me, I need water. Yes, like Jean Moyen and, and Michael Salas Insider JP uh, both carry the DNA that could activate yes. the opening of those arcs as well as finding portals inside so so yeah. yes yes and it it's <clears throat> sorry it's very funny that i need to drink water talking about stargates because you need water to go through stargates and you too <laughs> so let's jump through it and continue uh um these stargates in these arcs are um artificially created by different ETs, different different it is not one race, you know. There's going to be some cedar races. There's going to be Anunnakis. There's going to be even Black League have arcs, you know, even different. Because there has been different colonies of ETs on Earth who came with these ships and lived, left them there. Okay. And these ships were carrying all the, the, the archives of their worlds because they were refugees. So that's what they are. But there's a system of portals uh, linking all those who were there, put there by the cedars. So you need to have the 22 DNAs to be an activators. And that's why I was telling earlier on, the people who have the 22 genomes, 22 genes are the activators. So they can use these arcs and they can um, pilot it even, you know. And so this... Uh, Stargate, you see the, the movie Stargate, which is disclosure, mm -hmm. self-disclosure. You see it as a disc. A Stargate is, in fact, it's a bubble. It's a sphere. And it's a floating um, liquid. And this liquid, they call it dark matter. Uh, the particles of this liquid are micro vortices. Uh, it implodes. And does so when you go through it, you feel like, billions of needles going through your body it's you feel the your your the, the billions of little vortices of the, the matter you know that's why you feel like needles like um just for some seconds yeah, so, not long right no not long not long not long uh, i've never been through a portal neither a stargate but i've i have been teleported and i could feel that mm. uh, with teleportation so because a stargate is a teleportation device it's kind of the same that's, that's beautiful. So um, there's portals inside these arcs. Yes. And, you know, a long time ago, a friend was very upset about the amount of animals that are going extinct on planet Earth. And, you know, a lot of times we'll say something we don't even know that we know. And so I was really excited when my whole soul just got very excited about these arcs. And I told her and she thought, I'm sure she thought I was, you know, completely non-empathic but i said i feel for them too but we have aboard ships every single dna and creations that we have developed since create you know in creation through terraforming is that true 
Yes, yes. Oh, okay. The the all that all all the life, plant life, animal life, even more evolved life, minerals, everything about any world is archived somewhere in another galaxy. There's a database somewhere that has all life codes of the whole the whole universe. Exactly. That is so cool. Not to mention uh, not even getting into the Hall of Records. That's whole other thing, you know, because these arcs are going to reveal. Do you feel like I do that they're going to be a beneficial truth disclosure? Yes, yes. Uh, the cabal needs to go first. Yes. That's we're finishing up cleaning those guys up. Yeah. 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 The t- this technology will not fall in the wrong hands. Right. We need to finish the job first. And that's your answer, folks. You've been writing in and going, what are these med beds coming out? What are these med beds coming out? Is that what comes? When you stop waiting for them. Yes. Yes, exactly. Good. It's like, you know, have you ever driven in the car with kids behind? Mm-hmm. Are we yet there? Are we yet there? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Mm. But again, it's event driven. So we're finishing cleanup and then poof. And I just picture, I'm probably wrong. I picture all of these arcs just lifting up into the sky as a reflection of the advanced consciousness so that it will be a very gentle wake up call to humanity all across the world. And also I might add, uh, then you can open up all these arcs that will have every single technology and holographic things that will tell you the truth of your history and wonderful things without getting into trouble, the ones who suppressed it for whatever reasons. In other words, there could be some strategies like, Oh, look what we found now, rather than look what we've suppressed for a long time. Right. But as you said, it was, it was also to make sure the consciousness was at a certain level and that it would not be in the wrong hands. Yes. Yes, exactly. And you were mentioning holes of records. Holes of records are not arcs. There's, there's a, a, a mix because, oh, this is new to the understanding of everyone. Um, these ships, huge ships, somewhere discoidal, somewhere long, depending on, on the colony, arrived at different times on Earth bef- before the last ice age. And they were most of them uh, refugees or colons settling there colony they left colonies they left their ships there many left their ship uh, before they left or were exterminated or whatever where they landed the ship which was containing there were arcs containing all the the as i said the library of the, the the life of their world that they could recreate genetically on the new world that's still there because they built their colonies around the arcs. So everywhere you have these arcs, you have not just one ship buried, you have a whole city buried around. And that's what you call the holes of records. Everywhere you have a hole of record, look for the ship. There's a ship not far. And where there's a ship, there's a hole of record somewhere. You know, some some sh- some ships uh, have uh, the, the the archives in it, but most of the times, you know, they they build around, like in Antarctica, for instance, there's a whole huge complex around, 
and uh, in Egypt as well, where I've been a few times, yes. Well, yes, because you did share publicly uh, the time, understandably, you, you got claustrophobia when Hawass yes. invited you in there. And I also know uh, Jean has been to the Hall of Records under this, um, let's see, Hall of Records in Giza and Tibet, which I think Michael will talk about later. Michael Sala is a wonderful researcher, as we all know. Um, but somehow I remember, and you may not wish to share this yet, so that's fine. Michael Sala briefly mentioned that you were taken to the ancient hollow records twice by Thorhan. Can yes. you share anything about that? Yes, uh, and I, I will go back. Uh, um, in fact, a fifth, fifth, no, fourth time, fourth time. Mm. Uh, soon. Um, yes, I've been underneath, um, and I, I was taken by him in 1991, before I went to Egypt as an archaeologist and met with Zahir Hawass, who took me in under, uh, under it. Um, Thorhan to, took me there in 1991, he showed me uh, the whole of records with the different rooms and the different devices that were in them. Um, he showed me how to activate uh, holographic data on one device. It was a crystalline, crystal device. So I got a lot of information from there. And there were four devices in this room. And uh, he said, one day we'll come back to, I show you about the three other ones. It's not time now. So he showed me stuff and brought me back. Recently, when I, um, I had another visit there, um, in 2020, uh, he took me there and, well, in fact, sorry, it wasn't Thoran, it was Anax. He took me there and I was shown the second holographic device, how to activate it and how to see all the data that was in it. And um, two were left and I went recently, um, two weeks ago, by myself Ooh. because Yes, I, I know now how to do that. And as I, as I activate the third device and read the da data, this time there was something different in the place. Usually it's a long, dark corridor. It's under Giza. And there are rooms on the side. There's an ambient light that is very, very weird, but just dimmed. And at that time, two weeks ago, it was different. The place felt different, of course, because the arc had activated in the nearby. Mm. I saw a green light at the end of the corridor and I went there. What? what? What's happening? That was never there, this light. And I saw stairs going down and with more and more light, more intense. And I walked down the stairs and there was another corridor, very long, and there was light at the end of the corridor. And I went, okay, that seems endless. I'm going to go back to that. I'm here to um, to take to, to read the, the, the third crystal device and I'll come back for that. And then I understood, well, there must be a ship right over there because that, that's what it is. There's an arc there. I know that it has activated and it's there. Mm. Went back. I looked into the, the holograms of the, the third device, came back and um, was back home. And um, the following morning, I received an email from Jean-Charles Moyen. Mm. He said, 
you won't believe that I was teleported with Victor and other things and I saw this and I was in the ark and it was green light and there was this and that and I went no kidding I was next door <laughs> they keep you guys busy don't they and you know Jean Charles. Well, yeah. You know, I mean, he's very uh, excited and emotional. He went, "Oh my god!" Oh <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. What you see? It's a great story. It's a it's a wonderful, <laughs> wonderful story. So were all these three times, like where Thorin showed you, where you went by yourself fourth time yes. and earlier by Hawass. I have the twenty two. All- yes. Well, I have the 22 DNA. I'm an activator, yes. activator for okay, the Giza one. Good telepathy. Yeah. <laughs> well done. <laughs> okay. I didn't know if you were allowed to state that publicly. And actually, um, I was, I had a shock a few years ago. I did my uh, ancestry.com uh, DNA uh, test. Okay. And uh, when it came back, I went, I was online on the site. I went, oh, that's not working. What's wrong with it? It was showing the whole world. Mm. I had connection on all the continents. I have DNA connection to everywhere on earth, Mm. all the main continents. And that's not working. And then I I looked at the results. I went, what the hell? Yeah. Yeah. I am a super mix. That's why I have the 22 DNA. I'm a super mix. And. People like Jean-Charles, I'm sure if he does his Ancestry.com, he will just fall from his chair. And that's it. Yes. You want like maximum diversity of everything. And then you act as this coherent integrator within your own body of integrating that, which is a metaphor for what we're doing for the planet in general. So it, it makes sense it's just beautiful so those were all at the sphinx though that you went to or were they also other places yes no i i only visited the one at the sphinx it seems that it's the one i'm meant to to be where i'm meant to be well look at how you started there in archaeology that's no mistake as an archaeologist i was i was i i mean i was I had this uh, this job on uh, on the Giza plateau for Zahir was like just two weeks. It was, and it's it just. I mean, come on, I'm going to show you something. Yes. <laughs> what are the odds? You know. Yeah. Um, he took me under the Sphinx. He took me under the Sphinx. I went like, what? <laughs> yes. Yeah. It's one of those things you. Look- I have photos. Yes, I know. We put them up. You know, one of my favorite places of all times, um, I did two shows several years ago with Peter Min was the Transylvania uh, series books and the Busegi, um, Busegi, um amazing underneath the Romanian pyramid and stuff. I yeah. love those yeah. because not only did they, is the furniture there for the giants, but what, what did uh, Charles... Jean um, Charles. Yeah, Jean Charles. What did he find um, in one of the arcs? Quote, I approach, this was at the Vostok arc, arc, right? In Russia. Okay. I approached one of the tubes, which are stasis tubes, folks. And when I approached, it reacted by lighting up. Why? Because he had the DNA, right? I was there. 
No, I, I forget. I was with him. But I was there just to be a witness, to ah. assert his testimony. That's what Thoran said. Uh, we were teleported, Jean-Charles and myself. Jean-Charles was teleported in, in Ireland. And we were both taken on board a ship on the Excelsior. And Thorhan was there, and he took us both then to Vostok. And he said to me, you are just here as a witness, mm. and you will tell your side of the story when the moment will come. Yes. And Jean-Charles remembered at the right moment, and uh, I said, yeah. <laughs> yes. Oh, that is so, see? I have, I have nothing to do with Vostok Arch. I was just there to confirm. Yes. But I saw Jean-Charles going to the pods. And uh, as he walked, as he approached, I mean, the thing lit up yes. in blue. It recognizes, recognizes the DNA. It's the protection, the seed. Yeah. Put in. But, and the structure seemed alive. And as you know, that takes us into a whole another subject for a later time, the whole crystal life thing. But um, yes. he, the, the point is also is in the stasis chamber are tall beings. <laughs> some are, some yes. are giants. Some have bluish a skin wearing a midnight blue suit was what he said and had a symbol yes. representing a triangle with a constellation inside. What was the constellation? I don't know. Jean-Charles should tell. Ah. Uh, Thorhan told me that the, it was the, the Patal who are, uh, it was, it was Patal. So intergalactic people. So cool. Yeah. So what's your feeling? I know you can't probably say the full thing, but you've been so generous with your time so i feel like it's time for us to uh wind down um what is your feeling about these arcs coming forward multiple these multiple arcs, reasons for yeah they have activated because their creators are back so it's a res frequency resonance now they carry a lot of wonderful technology that will help us improve our life and when we will be ready that means we we've got rid of the the the, the parasite ones <laughs> can call yes. them like that um this technology will be unlocked and available for us yes and um, and then you know i've seen yeah i've seen on board there's there's things as well they brought with them um these these uh cedars uh i've seen plants as i've seen vegetables that carry very nutri nutri nutritive and healing properties that are going to be given to us, uh, not now, not to fall in the wrong hands. So, uh, mm -hmm. oh, so much on the beds and everything. Thank you so so much for your generosity of time and for being willing to dig deep into the details so that people can experience and put the pieces together and hopefully folks discover if you yourself are a star seed which i'm sure now with that point being made though um i don't want those that aren't star seeds <laughs> are part of the envoy program because isn't everyone galactic in a way or or yes we're all we're all hybrid we all come from somewhere in in, in the universe you know we are all you know, um, but then planet planets have soul matrices where you are going to reincarnate in the same sphere of your planet. Mm -hmm. And until your soul 
your consciousness has developed enough that you are able to go and incarnate on other planets, in other um, soul matrices. So mm, there's a lot of people like this on Earth, Earthlings, Earth from Earth soul matrix. Although these bodies have uh, different DNAs from everywhere, the soul is something different. So they are from the soul matrix, Earth matrix. Um, these ones, well, uh, this is the majority of Earth. That's the Earthlings we are coming to save. That's the real deal. And these people, they've been reincarnating. Listen to that. They've been reincarnating for since the start in these fantastic bodies. These bodies have a, have a potential. Oh my God, 22 uh, uh, alien DNAs, all carrying psychic powers because DNA carries the psychic powers and the memory of a people, of a species. We have 22 of them. Yeah. Well, these Terran Earth souls who have been reincarnating into these bodies since the start, they are super powerful. They are amazing. They, it has forged their light beings with something very special. That's what we call royalty. Oh. And these Earthlings, be proud to be what you are because yeah. we came to save you. We are from one species. You are from 22 species and maybe even more. I mean, you are the real deal. You are the future. You are the ones who will build this, this, this earth. We just came to activate you See, this and to wake you up. This has never been explained clearly like that. And I didn't want a polarization or anything of, oh, you got your star seeds here. And if you're not a star seed, somehow you're like you know, not evolved enough. So we needed that explained. So there's no, you know, insecure yes. you know, reactions there. Yes, uh, it, it, because the stars, I, I, I noticed it's a starseed phenomenon become an escapism um, phenomenon yes. that you don't want to be here because it's so depressing. You want to be an extraterrestrial. Well, stop that. Embrace who you are. Maybe your soul comes from another planetary matrix. Maybe your soul from, comes from this planetary matrix. If it comes from here, oh my God, just explore your potential and you're going to be first to have mind blown. I mean, wow. And that's the note we're going to leave on. <laughs> okay, so we should put star seed power and earthling power. <laughs> <laughs> Woo! Oh, thank you so 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 much elena and why don't you give people information of i'm sure they know you but how to contact you and the things that you offer okay thank you mary lee so well i have a website elenadanan.org org where you can find everything it centralizes everything my author page with all my books workshops i sell um, and t-shirts and uh, articles and a lot of things i've actually a new page uh, where i uh, uh, i put all the transcript of all the channelings i was doing in the past and all the messages and i explain who the people i'm in contact with are there's a very detailed description for each of them so check it out and um yeah that's my website and um all my books are on amazon as well and i have a youtube channel on my name 
and uh, you see a lot of uh, interesting goodies, free meditations, a lot of things. It's wonderful, Elena. Thank you. Thank you so much. I've missed you, but I know you've been working hard and you have gone over and above answering questions that I've had so long. And um, this is a time of great celebration, great celebration. And I, I, and I want to sign off by saying stay tuned, but because as a joke, what that actually can mean is keeping our frequencies high in this transition time. Yes, I always say high five. Yeah. <laughs> so high five. Stay tuned to our channels and keep your frequency up, folks. And thank you so much for all of you being curious. And I hope you've enjoyed the show as much as I have. So much love, Elena. And we'll talk a little later. Here's to our assured victory, upward and onward, friends. Take care. Bye-bye. Thank you.